Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Zen Up, a podcast produced by Sunbury Press's Book Speak Network, and you are on Episode 5. I am your host, Susan Kiskis. In the show, we bring two worlds together, wellness and spirituality. From yoga to Buddhism, healthy eating to turning dreams into reality, listeners will find themselves on a journey into their own virtual spiritual pilgrimage. If you want to continue the conversation after the show, visit my Facebook page, Yogic Living with Susan, or sign up for my weekly newsletter at SusanKissKiss.com. If you love this podcast and you like variety in your podcasts, you might want to check out the Book Speak Network here on Blog Talk Radio. Sunbury Press has other great shows to appeal to those who are interested in mysteries, horror, and author interviews. So let's get started. Our guest today is two-time U.S. national champion athlete, Jose Johnson. Jose has been described as a modern-day Renaissance man. He is not only an internationally recognized martial and energy arts master, but also a composer and musician. A member of the U.S. Tai Chi team, Jose has been called one of the best of the new generation of masters. His passion is to empower others to create the transformation that they seek in their lives. Jose is the owner of Jose Johnson's Chinese Martial Arts and Wellness Center in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, as well as the Integrated Wellness Consultants. In 2017, he established the online academy, Personal Mastery and Growth. Jose, welcome to Zen Up. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. So I think we should just dive straight into this conversation about achieving your goals because I feel that you have so much to offer um, with your background. Um, and I know that having heard you speak in the past as well, uh, it seems like your your role with um, in the community, martial arts community and your training has really established a very good path towards recognizing what something that you're passionate about is and how to continue on until you achieve it. So would you start maybe a little bit with your martial arts background? Sure. Um, you know, I have... I started doing martial arts when I was six, and uh, I'll be 57 in just a few months. So uh, it's been a, a major part of my life. Even though I had I didn't train consecutively through those years, uh, it, it had a tremendous amount of impact on me for various reasons. And uh, the, the earlier years, uh, we could maybe talk about that story at a different time, but it was when I, I really came back to martial arts in the in the late 80s that uh, it helped me to understand the importance of, of having a vision, uh, having setting goals, uh, developing a plan, working towards things. Uh, that, that is a period of my life where I started to really see the power of intention. So uh, it was uh, 
probably the, the late 80s when I, I was uh, getting started doing Chinese martial arts. And I set some goals for myself uh, because I, I was going through a life change at that time. And uh, I, I felt like I, I needed to, to, to get on a path. I, I had made some, some fairly significant changes in my life, and I wasn't sure where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do next. And uh, my passion for martial arts kicked back in uh, full tilt. And I, I said to myself, you know, I really could see myself doing this for a living. And what were the things that I would need to do to establish myself as a credible martial arts instructor? And so uh, I, I got interested in competition. And I said to myself, you know, wow, I really would like to, I'd like to open a school someday. But, but first, I think what I want to do is I want to compete. And I want to develop a reputation for myself and so I set out like a, a five-year plan for myself of where I wanted to be in the competitive world and what I wanted to do in order to, to establish my business. And uh, I just dove in after setting those plans. And I, as I, I like to say, use the, the word, I didn't reach my goal. I crushed my goals, actually. I, I set a goal of, uh, of being a... Uh, uh, of that, like a top 10 athlete, uh, being on a U.S. team, of being, uh, you know, uh, one of the, the more recognized people before I, I opened my school, and I set that up for a five-year plan, and I actually accomplished everything in much less than five years. So it was at that point that I realized that when I, when I really could make my ideas concrete and not just think them through, but put them on paper and... Uh, take the actions that I needed to do and make myself open into the opportunities that, uh, the, yeah, really the, the sky's the limit at that point. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of how everything got started. So, of course, a, a lot of what you just said, you know, I'm making myself a, a note because there's so much rich wealth in there. That is um, so many different ways to take a look at when you create a plan for a goal. And maybe I'll just start with one of the things I hear from people is how something is out of reach. You know, it's not a possibility um, for them to do it, whether it's financial or it's time. Um, they don't have, you know, other resources that they need to accomplish it. And one of the things I, I usually try to share with people is my own experience as well, that, you know, I'm now, as, as you and I were talking quickly before the show, um, I'm doing a lot of traveling since my daughter went off to school. Um, I was a young mother, and I always really wanted to travel, and I didn't feel like I had the financial resources or the time as a mother to go do that. And so it did take 18 years, but during the, that time, I was doing a lot of planning and learning how to master the art of, like, getting really cheap plane tickets, <laughs> you know. And sometimes, sometimes things do take time, but ultimately, um, if you do work hard enough and you do a lot of planning, eventually they do come to fruition. And I like the yeah. fact that you were talking about how you did have to consciously not just visualize what you wanted to do, but you had to put it on paper. So um, can you talk a little bit about how um, you think that uh, the process is for when someone says to you, like, okay, this is what my goal is, but I don't feel like I have the time, the financial resources, the other tools to do it. What do you encourage them to do? Well, there's a couple uh, – yeah, there, there's so many answers to that. that uh, well, the first one is uh, it, that people underestimate – or excuse me, let, let me uh, fix that one. They overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10. Mm. And I think that's 
that's one of the, the first things that, that people have to wrap their head around is that when we look at something as being impossible, we're looking at it because our situation, uh, you know, we're not where we want to be. And we see this, this grand vision and we think there's no way I can do this because our brains are automatically thinking, well, how can I get there immediately? And it's not an immediate process. It does take time. So we get frustrated because we're not seeing the results right away, but it is a process. And if you give yourself the time to work through it, you'll actually make, you know, like that first year, you may not see the results the way that you would like to, but if you keep going, it, you know, the momentum kicks in, the, um, the compound effect kicks in, so you find yourself suddenly being in a position where you far surpass what you thought was possible, but you just have to get over that initial hump. So uh, I think that's the first thing is that you have to understand that, that, it's, that there's never going to be a quick fix for anything. It does take time. But if you're willing to put in the time and the effort, which is actually what in Chinese they call gong fu or, or what we call kung fu, that's why martial arts is so important to me, that you can, you can accomplish tremendous things, but you've got to be willing to put in not just the work, but you've got to be able to put that work in over a period of time and be consistent. And that's when things really, really occur for you. Um, so when, when we think about like, you know, like putting – Here's what I guess the way I look at things when someone says something is impossible. It's whether it's 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 a, a financial goal, a personal goal, physical goal, anything like that. If somebody else has done it, then it's not impossible. So, uh, and there's that level of as a martial artist uh, and also as a musician, there's always a level of ego that's involved. And the difference between the people who, who really succeed in either of those fields uh, and the people that don't is how you let that fuel you. If you use your ego in a way that uh, is if someone is better than you or has a, a skill or a level of acknowledgement that you don't have, if you try to put them down, then uh, you know karma is going to kick you in the butt for that one. But if you, as one of my teachers, uh, my martial arts teacher said to me, he's like, you know, people think I'm such a nice guy, but, and I don't have an ego. He says, I actually have a very strong ego. Said, but my ego says to me, when I see someone who could do something that I can't do or do something better, but why can they do that? Not worrying about uh, trying to put them down or take something away from them. He thinks, how mm. come they can do that? And, and then his answer to himself when he looks in the mirror is always because they've worked harder than me. So if I want that skill, then I have to put in more time and more effort, and I then I will get what they have. So I think that's where, um, for a lot of people, it's it's hard because uh, they have that negative side of ego, which uh, they're either uh, a lot of times they're trying to protect themselves because they're afraid they may fail, so they choose not to participate. So it's, you know, you'll, you'll you'll never. Uh, experience the failure if you never get into the competition. Uh, but, you know, if you never get into the competition, you're never going to have a chance to win either. So it's the people that are willing to put themselves on the line and willing to experience 
the hardship and the trials and the failures, which we inevitably will have, uh, but it's, it's that willingness to put yourself out there that's going to actually get you the results that you want. So um, I think for, for a lot of people, it's, it's so much easier to not achieve their goals and to say they're impossible because it soothes our ego. It soothes, you know, it soothes that part that says, well, you know, no one, no one could accomplish this. That's, that's ridiculous. But if you really look at things from the perspective of somebody else has done it, why can't I? Um, that, that opens up the possibilities for, for so much more. That's wonderful. You just reminded me with the, the, the concept of, you know, you may inevitably fail, but it's a learning process. There is a gentleman by the name of Louie who created a nonprofit organization called Leg Up Farm uh, for children with disabilities. And I was at a mm-hmm. meeting a few weeks ago, and he was doing a presentation on how he started this, uh, this whole process. And he started, you know, one of the beginning, um, he's talking about the very beginning is what do you think you could accomplish if you knew you would not fail? And if mm-hmm. we thought we wouldn't fail, there's so many different things that come to mind of all these things we would want to do. And then he was talking about, but you need to move into it knowing that you, there is a possibility, sometimes the probability that you will fail, but you actually learn from those failures and then they actually help you grow into eventually, you know, what it is that you will wind up doing. And so right. I love the fact that you even are expressing how failure is an opportunity for us to learn, and you have to go into something recognizing that it may be challenging and you may not get it immediately because it does take time, and during that time, all these things will happen where you feel like you're not progressing, but actually you are because there's so much to be learned from the mistakes that we make along the way. Exactly. That's one of the things I, I tell my students, uh, and this is yeah, because at my school, we have uh, students, our youngest students are three years, they started three years old, and I have students that are in their 80s. So, you know, a huge span. And I find it much easier actually to teach kids than to teach adults because uh, most kids, their minds are open. So, and the younger they are, the better it is. Uh, but as we get older, we start to get more and more conditioned by uh, the bill of goods we've been sold as to what is real and what's yeah, the expectations that, that the world has uh, for us. And, you know, I, as adults, especially because so many of my students in my Tai Chi class are, we have our professionals and a lot of people who are very, very uh, skilled at what they do for a living. And they come into a new activity and they have difficulty making progress, and they get more and more frustrated. And what I have to remind them is that when you come into a class, if you feel frustrated and you feel confused, that's good because you're here to learn. And the idea of learning is to gain knowledge that you didn't previously have. So if you came into class and you said, oh, I know that, I know that, I know that, then why are you here? The idea Mm -hmm. is to to come up against things that challenge you and that, that, that you don't understand and you can't do. And that's the only way that you can grow. So I, I think in terms of, of the way we, as adults, uh, especially in our modern society, view things, uh, we kind of have, we've got, we've got things backwards. Uh, and we're afraid to fail because we, see, we define ourselves by that action of failure. Um, as opposed to looking at each failure as a course correction. 
time you do something that, that isn't right, if you're, you know, if you're paying attention, you say, okay, well, I know that's not the right way. I'm not going to do that again. So you've learned something. So that's no longer a failure. That's actually a success. So you know, it, it's just kind of flipping the script on how you view, view the actions that occur, the activities, the experiences in your life. And when you start to redefine them, um, failure doesn't take on that negative connotation. It just means that wasn't the, the right the right thing to do at this moment. But, you know, like the, the idea like Edison, uh, the, the quote people like to talk a lot about with Edison is, you know, that, you know, when asked about how it felt to have, you know, the thousands of failures that he had to come up with a light bulb because they weren't failures. Mm-hmm. They were just, you know, they were me finding the right way. You know, these are eliminating all the wrong ways so I can find the right way. And that's kind of the way that, that uh, you have to approach life. And it's hard. I mean, there are days when I feel like, oh, man, I'm just such a complete miserable failure. But then I realize that all of, the, all of those things that I, I've done wrong and I continue to do wrong uh, are because I'm willing to put myself out and to take chances and to, to push my boundaries. And each of those things that, that I could get down about are actually just things that are helping to refine me and keep me on the path that I need to be. I love that. That's fantastic. Um, I laugh because even with this, you know, um, <laughs> if you listen to my very first show on this podcast, you know, my husband was out of town and my dogs were barking the whole time. <laughs> the entire podcast <laughs> is barking dogs. And I laugh, though, because it was, you know, that was the first time. I have yet rescues who have a lot of anxiety, separation anxiety. So, um, okay. it, 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 you know, so, that's, so it's a learning opportunity. Like, you don't do your podcast when the husband's not home. <laughs> you know, or okay. And and if I had at that moment, you know, given up on that first, po- first podcast and go, you know, it's such an embarrassment, um, I don't ever want to do this again, you just going to crawl into a shell, I would have never had the opportunity to continue to talk with, you know, amazing people like you that have messages. And so I think that whenever you are trying something new or even when you've done something for a while and you're progressing along, there is always, you know, the wonderful rich rewards that come with everything that you're learning and you're trying for. And then there's the frustrations and the embarrassing times, but it's that gumption to keep on pushing forward, pushing forward that really helps drive us towards our goals. And then, as you said earlier, when you're also moving towards the goal of wanting to open up, you know, a martial arts studio, you had to plan, you had a five-year plan. And so, can you tell me a little bit about how you decided, like you were talking more about all the steps you needed to do to feel like you could be a credible, you know, martial arts studio owner and to attract people to come to you. How do you um, encourage, you know, your students and people that ask, you know, that, that want to, you know, be like you, you're their role model. How do you encourage them to actually create a plan of action? Well, it, it takes uh, – it's like using a GPS system. And for, for a GPS system, you have to have two critical points of data. You have to know where you want to end up, and you have to know where you're starting from. So that's the way uh, I worked it, and I didn't realize this is the kind of something that I, I more or less innately did. Uh, and then the more and more I began to study uh, the, the science of success, the more I found like, wow, this is, this is the way so many other people have done it. So, um, but it, it start, you start with the end in mind, 
you take stock in where you are right now, and then start to work backwards. And what I kind of do is I, I will suggest to people, uh, so if I have a student, uh, let's say, who's uh, recently I had a student who's uh, preparing, they just took the, uh, the black belt test, and they're like, okay, uh, I'm, I want to start planning for my second degree black belt test. And I said, okay, uh, here are the steps. Right? So this is where you need to be in two years. This is where you want to be in two years. Now, where do you want to be? Let's, let's pick a halfway point. What would you need to have accomplished at a halfway point so that you felt comfortable? And then take that and divide it you know, back and let's go, where will you want to be uh, you know, a year out? Where do you want to be six months out? Where do you want to be? And just start breaking it down into smaller and smaller chunks uh, and then building it backwards. Because if we build it backwards, uh, we know that each step is actually getting us uh, towards that goal that we have very, very clearly. When you're working forward, it's like trying to, to plot a path. As you're talking about, you know, doing hiking and, and uh, all your, your travels, um, if you're trying to plot a course through, uh, uh, you know, the wilderness and all you know is where you are and you don't have an idea of where you want to be, then every step mm-hmm. is a guess as opposed to if you have a clear, you have that clear point that you can look at and you can say that top of that mountain, then you just start breaking it backwards. You always make sure that you're never straying from your goal. Um, so that's the, the first thing I usually tell people is like, make sure you're clear on where you want to be and then start working backwards to develop that plan. Then um, that with the idea of like writing things down, um, Writing things down has a, a few different actions uh, that, that it's responsible for. One is when, when you write it down, it becomes real. And not just like typing it, you know, on your word processor or putting it in your, as a reminder on your phone, but actually taking a pen to paper. Because what you're doing is you're adding more levels of connection to that action. So even though you may be typing, uh, there's, a, there's a big difference between the act of actually forming the letters to write the words as opposed to striking a key. And there's been research on that, that you know, the act of writing creates a more, uh, a more permanent impression in our brain than the act of typing. So if you're even like taking notes uh, at a lecture, uh, you know, actually writing the notes down you'll have more retention than if you type the notes or, you know, simply just record it because there's, there's a whole lot different level of processing that's going on in your brain. So it makes it real. It makes it tangible. Uh, and then, you know, if you add the next layer, which is to share that with someone, then it, it puts you on the line. It makes you, uh, makes you committed and it makes you, uh, holds you to a level of accountability for, for what you put down. So, you know, you always, you know, people want to be true to their word. Uh, so when you put those words on paper and you make them real and then you share them with someone, then it, it just adds to the, uh, the innate desire to make sure that those, those goals are met. So with your, um, I love your analogy, you have to know where you're starting and where you're ending and then, you know, and work backwards because that's actually very much 
the way I, I find myself working too. What about for people, though, that don't know where they want to end up? So if someone is like me and, the, and, and, um, and you and they have lots of interests, right, so they have an interest, let's say, in cooking and they have an interest in music and they have an interest in uh, working on cars and, you know, they have an interest in basketball and they're not quite sure – uh, where they want to go, but they know that they want to build their life around these things that bring them joy. Um, how do you suggest someone actually figures out what their end goal is? Well, I guess the, the first thing is I, I feel like you never figure out what your end goal is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I have all these different uh, different things that I love doing in my life, and I, I, I guess here's here's the way that that I've come to grips with things. I have so many different interests and desires and things that that I'm I'm truly passionate about. Um, when I looked at them all as being unique and individual, I had a lot of conflict in myself. Uh, so there was a period of, uh, where I was when I became really, really serious about being a martial artist, where I stopped playing music, and I made that decision. And you know, in in hindsight, I could have done it differently, but I'm okay with the fact that I did it because it helped me to become the person I am today, and I'm you know pretty happy with who I am. So, uh, but I now realize I could have done it differently because I felt like if I was playing music and doing martial arts, that I was taking away from the time that I had, and uh, there's some other issues in terms of uh, phys- uh, some physical things, uh, postural things that I was doing in the music that I, I that was messing up my martial arts training. Uh, so I figured, okay, I would just get rid of this one and I really focus energy on this other. And I started looking at things as being A, B, C, so separate components. Um, but then I started to realize later on that what I'm interested in is not so much martial arts or music or uh, any or any of those kind of things that I'm, that I'm really interested in, or, you know, coaching or you know, uh, mentoring people. What I'm interested in most is learning, growing, and being creative. And so mm-hmm. when I looked at it as as this overarching theme as opposed to the the instrument that I used, uh, pardon the pun, to to express these ideas or to realize these ideas, then I didn't have the baggage of, well, if I if I spend an hour practicing my trumpet, then I'm neglecting my martial arts training. Or if I, I spend an hour reading a book about uh, uh, neuroscience, I'm I'm not helping my music. But when I started to realize that all of these things are related and it's all about me developing a better understanding of who I am and what I'm capable of doing and how to express those things, then everything I do is working towards that ultimate goal. So my goals are constantly evolving, and uh, I, I think that I will set my last goal uh, you know, when I take my last breath. So I'm, I'm going to constantly have to have new goals because that's that's what to me that's life. That's life is 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 always moving towards a new destination, and 
you know, and people uh, say like yeah, you can you can uh, go through life feeling like uh, life is happening to you or life is happening for you, and when you are looking at the, the next destination as, as being a goal, that means that you're directing your life. When you don't have a goal, then you're letting life happen to you. You're wandering aimlessly through your existence. And by doing that, you never really reach your potential. And I, and I think we're all put here on earth for uh, a special purpose. We each have our own unique gift to give to the universe. And if you don't take charge of that, if you don't direct it, then you're never going to you're never going to even get close to your potential because you're you're not you're not focusing your energies where they're going to be best suited. That's beautiful. I think this is a good segue also to kind of talk about you have this approach that you use called Tai Chi for transformation because it involves all these different levels. Um, would you be able to talk to us more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, as I was kind of making the transition in my my thinking about uh, how everything is interconnected, and um, I was actually doing uh, uh, a workshop at a, a big national, actually international Taiji event, and I was you know one of the the, the faculty members there and. I wanted to do something different because there are plenty of people who teach a different form or a different weapon or a different set of applications or you know, different, all these different things that they could be teaching, but no one was really talking about uh, how to apply those skills to your day-to-day life. And as I was going through my own personal transformation, uh, it, 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 uh, it just occurred to me, like, wow, this is what I really want to do. This is this is how I want to present things. And, and it, it, I guess it got started a few years before, where I was at a workshop at the same uh, at the same event, uh, the previous years, where uh, one of the presenters said something about, yeah, we're talking about different things, and he goes, oh, well, this idea is this is this is very similar to. Uh, the yin yang theory and the yin yang theory, and it kept coming back. And at one point, he goes, and it's that damn Taiji again. And <laughs> that's what with, it, it stuck with me. And I, I was like, wow, you know, it is all Tai Chi because in, in the Chinese, uh, the yin yang symbol is actually called the Taiji Du, the, the Taiji symbol. Uh, it's it's the physical representation of this uh, cosmological uh, concept that everything in the universe is uh, this comprised of this yin and yang energy. And it's how those energies work together, how they, they create this, this uh, constant change and flux and the cyclical nature of things. And uh, that it's, I mean, I could spend hours talking about the theory, which we don't have. But basically, if you look at the Taiji idea that... Um, Yin and Yang are interchangeable. They're matters of perspective. So you know, if you're looking looking at something, uh, and you like, you look at your hand. You put your hand in front of your face. Uh, you see your palm. But the, if someone is standing in front of you and your hand is between them, they see the back of your hand. Now, you know, which one is it? 
So it's a matter of perspective. Your hand is your hand, but what you see is based on how you're looking at it. So uh, everything in the universe is that way. You know, if something, if something occurs, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Well, it depends on how you look at it. It depends on how you utilize it. So in the, the martial art or the, the physical art of Taiji, Taiji trend, the, the Taiji boxing practice, we're working on these concepts of yin and yang and understanding how things transition between those states. And there are all kinds of uh, philosophical concepts of uh, uh, energies like yielding energy, listening energy, understanding energy. And so I began to use those as tools to teach people how to take their physical practice to a different level. Um, because when you when you're just practicing the Tai Chi form, you can become very very good at that form, but it's not necessarily going to make you, uh, for lack of a better better phrase, uh, a better person. Uh, you just have better better skill sets, physical skill sets. But when you start to utilize those theories and those principles to how you approach life, it completely changes your perspective and it completely changes your, uh, your ability to live a balanced life. So uh, when, I, when I was able to do that for myself, I not only saw, you know, my, I saw my Taiji practice improve because everything that I did in life became about applying those principles. So to apply them physically or to apply them in terms of a relationship or with uh, any other kind of situation I was in, uh, it made life so much easier. So um, I think that's where I, I kind of got started with that idea and, it, and it's grown and morphed and um, it's, I, I think to me, kind of, uh, it's just my way of describing how I look at life. And it's, uh, you know, trying to codify my own personal philosophy and share it with people. So one of the things with Tai Chi, the practice, the physical practice of Tai Chi is um, a focus on these set movements, but that involves balance. Um, mm-hmm. And so just to apply that to life in general, well, when you're working on your your life goals, or when you're working with um, you know your your clients and students on how to achieve their goals, is that a question you ever hear from people of how do they achieve a sense of balance and how do they, and especially if someone's really pressed for time with their work and their family, they want to do this other thing, they want to plan for it and work for it, they're concerned again about time and finding that balance. Do you ever or, do you ever run into that question and what is your answer? Oh. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's usually the biggest question. And um, the first thing I tell people is just like in, in my Tai Chi class, I, I, I tell them this, that we have a misconception about balance. Uh, and people think that balance is 50-50. And that's not balance. That, that is a type of balance. Uh, but that is not balance. So uh, it's like, you know, saying that, um, you know, a, a German shepherd is a dog but not all dogs are German shepherds. So 50-50 balance is one type. The idea of balance is about finding the right ratio of percentages. So uh, if you're making a cake, you have uh, a a set ratio of flour to sugar to water to, you know, whatever. 
and, but if you're making uh, if you're making something else that has the same ingredients, you're going to use a different different ratio in your uh, in your recipe. So for our lives, it's the same thing, and a lot of times um, you can't. Uh, I, I heard someone talk about the idea like uh, that you have like uh, these balls that you're juggling, and there's only so many that you can keep in the air. So to mm-hmm. be uh, to be able to manage life successfully, you have to accept that sometimes you have to put one ball down so that you can you can manage the other ones, and then you pick the other one back up. So it's it's the ability to smoothly transition between the things that require your time and your energy and attention. Um, so the idea, I think, sometimes of work-life balance or, you know, family balance or these sort of things, it's kind of a misconception because uh, if you actually are trying to do them that way, you don't get anything done. You get stuck because if you're 50-50, in Taiji we have this concept they call double-weighted. If you're double-weighted, you can't move. So it's great. You feel stable, but you can't make any progress. So uh, it's, I think the important thing is understanding that uh, when you're in something, you need to be in something. So uh, when you're at work, it's important to be as close to 100% in your work as possible. When you get home, you need to try and be at home 100% as much as possible. So it's not that I'm trying to say I'm going to spend six hours here and six hours here and six hours here. It's, you know, when I'm doing what I have to do with a pressing issue right now, then I'm going to be fully engaged. And then when I'm not there, then I'm not, I'm trying not to be engaged. And it's so hard right now because of, uh, you know, our connectedness and our uh, a level of dependency on technology, which I am guilty of 100%. Uh, and I'm, I'm working very hard to break myself of that habit of feeling like I always have to be connected and always have to be, uh, you know, have my finger on the pulse of my business, which is, you know, sometimes hard as an entrepreneur because, you know, it, it is, you know, it is your, your child in so many different ways. Uh, but to be able to say it's okay to not be focused on that so that I can be fully focused and engaged in the activity that I'm doing at this moment, because if I'm not fully engaged, then I'm not doing either of those sides of my life a service. Uh, I'm doing, actually doing them a disservice by not being fully committed to what I'm doing. But it's creating that level of prioritization, uh, and that helps you then to determine where your energy needs to be. Then on top of that, when when you do get to a point where you understand how that that balance concept of balance works. Uh, then it becomes very helpful if you use uh, ideas like habit stacking, where you can uh, where you can put actions together so that uh, you know you're, you're you're seeing benefit in multiple areas. It's not like you're taking more time to do something; you're actually taking less time. You give yourself more time to to do other things. So uh, it's like, uh, for example. If someone's trying to, they have a physical goal, like they want to lose weight. I want to lose, you know, I want to lose 15 pounds. Um, and I can't do that because I have all of these emails I have to respond to for work or I have, the, you know, uh, I'm, I'm working on uh, this project. Then you can say something like, okay, great. Well, how about we do this? Every day 
when you're going to respond to your emails uh, and you're going to use your, your, your phone, how about you take your, your phone, you take your iPhone or your, your whatever you're using, and you get on uh, a treadmill or an elliptical and you read and respond while you're on that machine. So if you're going to take 30 minutes to, to do your emails, well, you do 30 minutes on the machine. So that way you're, you're, you're doing two tasks at the same time that will allow you to maximize your time because either one can be done by themselves, uh, but they're also able to be done together in a way that, that is uh, it's not going to diminish your ability to accomplish either one at a high level. I love that. I absolutely love that. I actually just started doing that recently, treadmill. <laughs> I'm watching some of my personal growth videos. I find I, I either have to pick or choose. And I was like, you know, I can just stand there on a treadmill and then just watch these videos, you know, like some of them are um, yeah. on social media and stuff. And I'm, and so now I, and I feel, and then I leave the gym and I feel really happy because I actually got my mileage in on the treadmill while I was trying to accomplish my other goal of like increasing my knowledge of like, you know, Instagram and stuff like that. So I love that you right. brought that exactly. up, the stacking habits. Fantastic. And I, I, before we leave today, I did want you to touch on one of your um, phrases that you use, which I think is brilliant, the way that you actually explain this. And you, at the beginning of the show, you said it's about, you said you like to crush your goals. Um, so mm-hmm. can you explain to us a little bit about that concept and, and um, share, us, yeah, share with us more about that? Well, the, the idea of goal crushing um, – that that's that's kind of become the the word crushing it has or the phrase crushing has become kind of popular uh, today and a lot of a lot of people in social media and, uh, are, are using that term um, and to me it it has to do with the a level of intensity and commitment so when we think about reaching our goals. Um, or achieving our goals, those words don't elicit a whole lot of uh, emotion to me. You know, reach, achieve, achieve a little more than reach. But when you say crush, I mean, just to say the word crush, it, you know, the, the, the way your body changes, your physiology changes, uh, the way your mind changes, your energy changes, you, you get a level of intensity and a level of commitment and so when I think about trying to crush a goal, that means that I don't just want to reach, get to it, you know, uh, have it within the, my fingertips, grasp. I want to go through it. I want to absolutely demolish it. And uh, that just kind of gets, gets me fired up. And um, I think that, that the, the power of words and the, the intention behind them, the energy that they give you, the emotions that they give you, that has so much to do with how you approach things. So, you know, if you think about, uh, you know, going through your processes, like, you know, I'm going to do good today, eh, you, you kind of, that's kind of mamby-pamby. But you, if when you say, I'm going to crush today, I'm actually going to just, I'm going to seize the day, I'm going to make it mine, uh, that creates a completely different mindset. And uh, by doing that, you're going to give yourself the fuel and the, the fire to not only 
get going, but to keep going when things get tough. And that's, that's the determining factor in is your ability, your staying power, your ability to just keep going and to go through things and to, and to, uh, bas- you know, to basically walk through walls if you have to, to get to where you want to be. I love it. It reminds me of Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. (laughs) Right. This big, massive, like, you know, person who's just willing to just push forward, you know. Um, I love that. That's great. So, uh, Jose, thank you so much for for being on Zen Up today and uh, talking to us about your experience in achieving goals and how others can also, um, you know, plot their course to – uh, to, to navigating through life. And um, you provide us with such a beautiful nuggets of wisdom. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me on, on this program. Season. It means a lot to me. And um, you know, there, there's just so much out there, so much wisdom out there. And we can learn from everybody. You know, nobody has it all figured out. But if we you know, go to as many sources as possible, that we start to get a, a better feeling of the big picture and we can put our lives together. And, and for each person that does that, the world just gets to be a better place. And that's what it's all about. So if you'd like to learn more about uh, our amazing guest today, Jose Johnson, um, his website is josejohnson.com. I will make sure to put a link um, to that in uh, on my Facebook page, Years of Living with Susan. And if you are not subscribed to my newsletter today, I'll make sure that his uh, link to his website is also on there. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope that you feel inspired to move towards your goals. Have a beautiful day.